0: Guys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, how's it going? My name's Cohen Hughes. I am joined in the association studio via Skype by my great friend, gentleman scholar, Thomas Penland. This is the association podcast about NBA basketball. Thomas, say what's up to the folks.
1: What's up, guys? I'm excited to do the podcast once again today. Me and Cohen going back at it after yesterday, like we told you all on my podcast, the um my podcast, Hot Takes with TP3, which we shot an episode of yesterday, that we'd save all our NBA talk for this one since we were mostly on the NFL last And week. it was
0: still 70 minutes long.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we didn't we we talk, way, talk way, an ounce way, of
0: NBA, long. and it was still 70 minutes long.
1: Yeah, if we had talked to NBA, that podcast probably would have been three hours. I mean, they should have just given us our own like, time slot on radio or something at that point.
0: I know. We're, we're, we're going Joe Rogan, full Joe Rogan on those three-hour podcasts.
1: Yeah, geez, I don't even know how he sits in with that. I'm not even lying. Once we got done with that podcast yesterday, I was like, geez, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was tired, out a little bit. But Sorry for those those of you who have been
0: keeping up the past few weeks. Um, We haven't done one in about 13 days since the Christmas holiday and um, work and shopping and all the holiday New Year's festivities have been going on. So we apologize for that. But this is episode five of the Association Podcast. A lot has happened since we left you guys last, um, namely the Christmas games, which were excellent. One of the best Christmas slates I've, I've ever had to have the pleasure of watching, honestly. Um, lots of Warriors drama, a few Warriors losses. Lots of the notion before we came back two weeks ago was that the Rockets were trending down, and now that couldn't be further from the truth. Now they are absolutely tearing yeah. the league on fire.
1: Yeah, so last time we podcast was literally Chris Paul had gotten hurt the night before at the end of that last game. So, that was right before Harden started this unreal stretch. Going back to what you said though about Christmas Day cuz already know I'm going to talk about my boy Harden here for a fat minute. I'm actually wearing a James Harden shirt right now. Um that I was I really enjoyed watching the the middle two games, the 76ers and uh 76ers Celtics game. That game was really fun to watch. Awesome. I it. Enjoy- Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that one, and obviously I thoroughly enjoyed watching that Rockets-Thunder game. That's a game I thought the Thunder were going to win. That James Harden played out of his mind. As I told you all, my lock for that game was the James Harden point total, and he absolutely crushed that. Murdered it. But, But, honestly, I was so disappointed in that Lakers-Warriors game. That was the game I waited all day to watch. I mean, yeah, I loved watching Harden. I mean, obviously, I ate up watching Harden play. That was so much fun to watch. Yeah. And then, I mean, that second game was exactly what you wanted to see, too, that the Jimmy Butler 76ers can play with the Celtics. That I mean, that was why they brought him in, was to be able to play with the Celtics, and he proved it. But I just feel like the Warriors laid a complete egg. I mean, what did, what did you think about that game?
0: Um, It was weird to see them come out in a really primetime spot, in the primetime TV spot. And, um, like you said, lay an egg like that. Um, This is one of those confusing things where it's like an unmovable force meets the unstoppable object. Um, Was it the Lakers finally starting to gel and the fact that they put up, what, 130 points, 128 points? Um, easily, yeah, and LeBron
1: got hurt like beginning the, of the third quarter. Yeah,
0: in the third quarter, and Lance Stevenson played really well. Even Rondo hit a hit a, hit guitar, a, hit a clutch three, which we barely ever see. Uh, Lonzo's dishing out balls. Lonzo's been playing great the past two weeks. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't know. I I I would like to give more credit to the good play of the Lakers than to the bad play of the Warriors. But that's just how NBA basketball works to me. I think that defense is really, really, really hard to play on these guys that can score so much. So, yeah, the Warriors probably had a a flat night, but that was good play on the Lakers' part.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Lakers played really well. The Warriors cut the, the thing that was like to me was like, what the hell is going on right now? So we watched the Lakers get their lead cut all the way down to two points. LeBron goes out. You're like, oh, this is the classic Warriors game. I mean, they're going to go off here at the end of the game. But and the lead goes no, right back the Warriors, up. The Warriors complete. Yeah, they, I think they ended up losing that game by like 20, 25 points. I would have been absolutely embarrassed if I was Golden State. This is the primetime game. You're on national television. Versus LeBron, I mean, them versus LeBron is the all-time matchup. I mean, I would have been beyond embarrassed to watch my team just get waxed like that.
0: Me too. Me too. That's not good. And I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if this,
1: it's the Warriors being
0: jaded. They've already played in so many primetime and big-game matchups, so it's like, eh, this is just another drop in the bucket. But you're right. I, I would be absolutely embarrassed to get scrubbed like that without LeBron James, practically. The game was close whenever LeBron went out, and after he got – he he went out, he didn't. He wasn't doing so good. Or the they weren't doing so good.
1: Yeah, I mean, the fact they cut it to like, it was two right at the end of the third quarter, then the Lakers went on a tiny little run, busted the lead back up, and then boom. I mean, I just feel like it was a pride thing with the Warriors, and they were absolutely embarrassed in that game. You know, the Warriors really haven't been that great this season. They came back mm-hmm. the next night. Next night, I was like, Oh, this is a pride thing for the Warriors. The Blazers about to catch him on a bad night and get busted. But no, then it was Dame time the next Mm -hmm. night where he was tapping the wrist again, hitting the buzzer beater against them. He's been their kryptonite. I'll get to my little Damian Lillard thing later on in this podcast. But... Overall, I mean, obviously, I know you were happy to watch your Jazz kick ass in that late game against the Blazers. But overall, I mean, I agree with you; it was a good NBA Christmas Day, and it was it's what you it's what you want out of NBA Christmas Day, you know.
0: Uh, what'd you think about that first game, Giannis and the Bucks in New York to take on the Knicks?
1: Uh, it was exactly like what I said would happen on my personal podcast. Giannis would want to be the talk of the town. He would come out. He would ball out in on uh, in the first game because you know like what are they going to talk about all day? Oh, did you see Giannis go for thirty four, mm-hmm. eight, and fifteen? Like that was and that was exactly what happened all day, and that was exactly what Giannis needed to do. So I mean, he played up to everything. My lock for that game was Giannis player prop of points hit easily. I think he was he needed it was kind of funny. He needed twenty eight, and so he was at twenty seven when he came back in the fourth quarter and with about two minutes left, he finally started scoring again and ended up covering it. So mm-hmm. he had me start sweating there for a quick second, but. Easy cover there. Um, I think a huge storyline that kind of came up from these games and from everything that has continued that I want to go ahead and attack here. I think there's kind of two things to take away from last night. So last night, we'll talk about the early game of the cap first, first, but the night cap of these two games. I mean, I think there's two huge storylines. The Warriors look bored with the regular season and... James Harden is playing on a level that probably only two to three other players in the history of the entire NBA have played at.
0: Um, I saw a stat on Reddit today. If you don't know me, I'm a huge proponent of browsing stats on Reddit and finding those obscure little nuggets of, of news. Um, James Harden scores almost nine points a game off of unassisted threes, which is three per game. I think it's like mm-hmm. right at like 8.8 or something like that. The next closest player, I think, is like Steph Curry or Clay Thompson with like six. So James Harden is playing in a league of his own right now. He's scoring the ball at Clips we may not see matched again this season. Um, he's doing it all himself. He's playing way better with Chris Paul out than with Chris Paul in. Um, and an- another storyline that um, tickles me to death, uh, since Austin Rivers has joined the Houston Rockets, they are 5-0. and oh.
1: Wow. Yeah, I mean, Rivers played well last night, and I thought that he did a lot of good stuff for them. He's definitely a lot better than I thought he was going to be at first. I was kind of like, dude, why do they even go out and sign Austin Rivers? But I mean, he's been playing pretty well. I mean, honestly, it's kind of like I said. That Austin, that the Rockets are doing Austin Rivers a favor here. I mean, what point guard has ever, or what guard has really ever been bad in the Mike D'Antoni system? Like, if you're no. bad as a guard in the Mike D'Antoni system, you don't belong in the NBA league, in the NBA. Clearly, like he helped Kendall Marshall average fifteen and nine, or fifteen and seven, or something like that. Kendall Marshall wasn't even in the league the year after that. So, I mean, the Mike D'Antoni system is absolutely absurd. But I mean, what James Harden's doing right now, he's bawling out of his mind. So. Of NBA players that have dropped 400 points in a 10 game span in the last 30 seasons. Harden has done it twice. Kobe's done it three times to- or Harden's done it once. Kobe's done it three times. Jordan's done it twice. Some more stats for you. Harden, Kobe, Iverson and MJ are the only four players in the past 50 seasons to have five straight 50 point games hard- or 40 point games. Harden currently. Has, I think, 11 40 point triple doubles in his career. The most ever is 15. So, I mean, he's definitely going to surpass that, how young he is right now. He might even surpass that this season, the way he's playing right now. Mm -hmm. And in the last 11 games, he scored over 30 points. And in one of those games, he had 29, and it would be like 14 if he hadn't had 29 in that one game. So, James Harden is doing absolutely everything you need for your team to win and more. He's truly playing at MVP level. I don't know if you saw him last night, but after he hit that shot, he holds up the one and shakes his head and gives him the two, like not one, but two. Well, he also called Draymond a bitch. You can see his lip moving. Yeah, he he called Draymond a bitch. Just straight
0: up a bitch.
1: Yeah, you – I mean, Draymond said he was a choke artist in the past. Like, they literally asked Draymond his thoughts on James Harden. He goes, he's a choke artist. So, I mean, the fact that he hit that shot over him and Clay in their faces, that was unreal. I mean, what James Harden's doing right now, I mean, it literally feels like every single time he goes out on the court, he does whatever he wants to. And the thing I love the most – is like at the beginning of games, because I watch the Rockets play almost every night, what he'll do at the beginning of games is he'll pass the ball around at the beginning of the game and try to get everybody involved, Like especially when Eric Gordon plays. Eric Gordon hadn't played the last three games, which people also forget. Yeah. So, I mean, he's playing without... Chris Paul, the only other all-star on his roster then. I mean, Capella's obviously a beast. He's pretty much Harden and Capella going two-on-five all night long. And, I mean, him and Capella did work last night. Mm-hmm. I and mean, they literally looked like it was them two playing t- pretty much playing against an entirely different team. I mean, they have Daniel House Jr. in their, in their lineup, a guy from Texas a and who's undrafted. I mean, he has nothing around him, and what he's doing with them. This is better than what LeBron did last year with that trash Cavs team. I hundred percent. I one hundred percent agree. I think that I think that Cavs team was not that bad at all. They really weren't that bad. I mean, George Hill's proven that he can be good in the league. Kevin Love is still a star. I don't care what anyone says. Kevin Love's still a walking double-double when he's on the court. He might not play like he used to. I mean, J.R. Smith had proven himself in the past. Rodney Hood. I mean, shoot, if you gave James Harden, Jordan Clarkson, and Rodney Hood, I bet you they would have won that game Larry by 15 Nance. last night. They have a... Uh, yeah, they, that's the, the Cavaliers, like,
0: even to this day, have a fucking hella decent lineup.
1: Yeah, if you could... right. so outside of Harden and Capella... And then, let's say, outside of Kevin Love and whatever player you want to make off limits on the Cavs, if you could swap the two teams, I would swap the two teams. A I mean, I love P.J. Tucker. A he's a dirty work guy. He's the he's the junkyard dog. He's in a fight for every rebound, boxed out hard. But – PJ and knock down those corner threes but I mean at the end of the day it's PJ Tucker you know what I mean he's not an all-star I know I love PJ Tucker and I love to talk about him all the time but I mean at the end of the day PJ Tucker I mean he's just he's just a he wouldn't start on a lot I mean he could start on most teams in the league but I mean he's your fourth or fifth best starter on 80% of the teams in the league rather than your best starter your third best starter like he is on the Rockets you know what I mean 100
0: mm-hmm, percent
1: So, I mean, I think what James Harden's doing right now, he's playing on an absolute another level. I mean, he's out of this world. He's on another planet right now, the way he's playing, what he's doing with this team. I think this is one of those runs we'll talk about for a long time. And the thing about it, too, is he's winning games. Like, I have all these idiots trying to tell me that that he's not a top-five player in the league. Anthony Davis is better, this, that. Steph Curry's better, this, that, and the other. I mean, look what Harden's doing. He's winning games, too. I mean, the Rockets were struggling. Now, I think the Rockets have won... Nine out of their last 10, or something like that. I mean, the Rockets are on fire right now. And it's all, yeah, nine out of their last 10, six game winning streak. I mean, mm-hmm. this team it was dead in the water at the beginning of the year. They weren't even in the playoffs. Chris Paul goes down. They, they went on a three game win streak. Chris Paul goes down. You're like, oh, shoot. Like, the Rockets are screwed once again. But James Harden was like, nah, I don't work like that. He's just absolutely getting buckets and going off. I mean, I think what he's doing right now is legendary. If he can get in the playoffs and keep doing this in the playoffs, to be different. And look, guys, this is a different James Harden. That shot last night, the old James Harden wouldn't have made, but the new James Harden splashed it. I really think that in the playoffs, he's going to be able to solve his inability to be clutch. And I think that this is a new, I, I really think the Rockets, like I thought that last year was their, was their year and they missed their window. But honestly, I think they can still easily hit this window because, I mean, James Harden is playing out of his mind right now. And if he can play like this in the playoffs, there's not a single player on this planet that can guard him.
0: Outside of that, what was it, a five-point game on like one of eight shooting from the field two years ago in the playoffs, would you put his, mm-hmm. would you put the woes of the Rockets playoffs on on James Harden or would you put it on Dan Toney? Because it seems like Dan Toney has the, the Andy. Room. I just put it up. With the, like the Andy Reid syndrome, like he's a great regular season coach, but once he gets the playoffs, he's ran his legs, he's ran his guys' legs into the ground and then just kind of
1: You know, I ran out of luck, so to speak. Well, think about it. He he had to go by Kinsfers when he was in Phoenix. When he was in New York, he had to get past um, LeBron. So, I mean, and the Celtics. I mean, that's not easy either. I mean, D'Antoni has to get by these tough teams. I mean, Harden, I don't, I don't, I personally don't blame Harden. People don't understand how basketball works. They try to say, Oh, I mean, you're that good, you should be able to ball. I'm like, yo LeBron is really the only player that I've seen in the playoffs be able to be the one-man show and take his team all the way to winning. Like, Harden's been the one-man show and taking them to the conference finals twice now and gotten them the be- and gotten him up there with one of the best records, but he just can't get them past that next hump because I mean, at the end of the day, like you saw him San Antonio do it. They said, "All right, we're going to make anybody but James Harden beat us." And it didn't yep. work out. They got waxed in that series against San Antonio. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's just the way it is. That's the play. That's why playoff basketball is different. from. From regular season basketball. In regular season basketball, you'd be like, all right, whatever. He's going off on us tonight. We'll let him do his thing. But in the playoffs, we're going to throw something completely new at him to try to shake him out of what he can do. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's kind of what I think it more so is. is that, that always happens to Harden. You saw when he gets Chris Paul. I mean, shit, they should have won that series if Chris Paul didn't get hurt. So... I really don't see the argument from the other side of saying that James Harden's a choke artist and stuff in the playoffs. LeBron James is the only exception I found. Even Jordan Ed Pippen. Pippen was definitely a top ten player in the NBA when he's in there, arguably even top five when he was in the league. I mean, I feel like you have to have a number two option in order to go that deep. And don't even give me that Dwight Howard was a number two option for a while. I'll smack you in the face. You know what I mean? I'm not not not. even listening to that. Dwight Howard missed like 52 games that year. He was horrible. Yeah. So, I mean, I just think that Harden needs that number two option. I think he's ready to take his game to the next level and ultimately – you know it was a fun you know it was a funny thing today I was listening to Colin Coward today because I knew that he was going to hate on Harden and you know what he kept saying he does two moves he does two moves and he was comparing him to Kobe I'm like all right well you're forgetting the fact that Kobe was a horrible passer and James Harden is amazing at passing and getting his team involved so that's a bonus for him mm-hmm. and the second thing is okay so what if he has two moves nobody can stop the two moves I was about to say if you, if you can't if you can't stop the two
0: moves the then what's the then what's the complaint about you know like yeah once once people start stopping the two moves then, then yeah, we'll start discounting him. But
1: he's been doing these two moves for years, and no one can seem to stop him. So what I'm saying. He's averaging 33.6 points per game. I don't think anybody's averaged over 32 points per game since Iverson did back in, like, 2001. So, I mean, he's balling out of this league right now. He is. 9-1 in
0: the last 10. They are now the fourth seed in the West, which is mm-hmm. fucking crazy considering the first start
1: of the season. That's what I'm saying. So obviously there's a lot of other things we need to talk about on this podcast and James Harden. So I won't keep us on this subject anymore, but big takeaway too, from yesterday was, uh, that Kawhi returning to San Antonio. I mean, what, what were your thoughts here on this game from a, from a fan perspective? I don't mind, um, booing a
0: player who kind of held your franchise out in the cold like that. Um, Mm-hmm. I love Kawhi Leonard, but he did San Antonio a little bit dirty by choosing to sit out for an entire year with very little or no correspondence to the organization. Um, you don't do that to Greg Popovich. But from a basketball standpoint, Kawhi's an incredible basketball player and he helped bring a title to San, to San Antonio. So, you know, kind of – I don't know. I I, I probably would have been booing him, to be honest with you. Um Basketball is a team game, and if you choose, if you volunteer not to play for my team while you're still under contract, you did us dirty. So I probably would have been in the same crowd of the ones booing him.
1: Yeah, I definitely would have booed him too. Uh, I thought. Like I said to everyone during the day, everyone was like, oh, let's take the Raptors day. Let's take the Raptors. I was like, I promise you, this game means a lot more to DeRozan and a lot more to the to the Spurs than it does to Kawhi. Kawhi's an unemotional player. What makes you think he's going to come out here and play emotional? T- I've barely ever, ever seen Kawhi Leonard play with fire. I'm blown out and embarrassed last night. I mean, this mm-hmm, the Spurs are on fire right now, so I mean... It made sense to me. I would have definitely booed him. I think it was kind of a little feel-good game, too, for DeMar DeRozan. If I was DeMar, I'd still probably be a little upset, too, about getting traded out of Toronto. Toronto's yeah. not really the spot that you want to play, but the fact that he embraced being the star there mm-hmm. and everything for him, they did him dirty like that. Look, at the end of the day, it's a business, so I still kind of side with the Raptors. At the same time, they did what's best for their team, but at the yeah, same they, time, they, they, they could still still it person feels bad. They could
0: lose Kawhi to free agency. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, uh, they, they traded away a guy who was – never going to sign anywhere else for a guy who could leave them in a matter of four months
1: or six months. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's very foolish by them. Also, by the way, what I said earlier about most points since Iverson in 2006, Kobe averaged 35.4 points per game. So, I mean, this is the most since that Kobe season Mm -hmm. that we've seen somebody average per game, but yeah, I mean, I thought I thought that was a really good card by the NBA last night. I think that was one of the best cards they've had in a while. I mean, two really good games, and I mean, even the Kings playing the Nuggets. And that game wasn't on on network television, but I mean, that was even a good matchup too. So, just hats off the NBA for giving us a great card to watch that last night. I've really enjoyed watching every single one of those games. Um, what what else do you want to talk about? We have a podcast in a minute. I know there's a lot of stuff we got to cover. I've got a few too, but let's get one of your topics on here.
0: Um. I got two that are kind of burning a hole in my brain. First, um, I guess I'll, t- I'll take the more casual route. Um, I guess I'll piggyback off of what you just said about how you appreciate the cards being good. And I just want to give a shout-out. Like you said, to the NBA, ever since the Western Conference has gotten even better in years past, now we have the Mavericks mm-hmm. playing meaningful games. Now we have the Grizzlies Somehow still playing meaningful games. The Sacramento Kings are playing meaningful games. The Clippers are the sixth seed in the West right now with one of the youngest lineups ever. The Pelicans are playing meaningful games. This is, say what you want about the East, whatever, they're going to field eight playoff teams, but almost every one of these games from 8 to 11 o'clock are good in some capacity. It's weird to see the Kings battling for a playoff spot. It's weird to see the Mavericks blowing mm-hmm. people out because Luka Doncic is going off for 49 and 8. This is this is so good for basketball. Now we're now we're finally starting to see the torch being passed from the Kobe, LeBron, Carmelo generation to now the young guys and strap in because we're witnessing the the changing of the guard, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I agree with you completely on that. I mean, it's been fun watching all these, all these unlike the teams you didn't think would be good in the Western Conference be good this year. So, I mean, I think it's definitely been fun watching all of them. Also, one other thing I forgot to say, do you think that Kevin Durant standing out of bounds last night and saving that ball? Do you think that's the worst call you've seen in basketball in the last five
0: years? 100%. Only because there were two referees that were watching it at once. One was on the sideline closest to the Rockets bench, and one was on the uh, mm-hmm. baseline Closest to the uh, scores table, or on the adjacent side of the scores table, I do think that was the worst call. It's not like Kevin Durant was took maybe a half step and his foot was on the line. Well, whatever. He took four or five steps out of bounds and hit the ball with his hand while he was still while his whole body was out of bounds. That was hands down mm-hmm. one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my life. Probably the worst.
1: Yeah, I think that was probably. That's definitely top three worst calls I've ever seen. I mean, it was the referee was looking right at it. I don't know what else he could have been doing. He must have been high or something. Um, another big storyline we need to touch on here that we haven't hit on yet is John Wall's injury and the impact that it has not only on the Wizards but the Eastern Conference. So I'll let you take it away on this one. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I don't know. The Wizards are so
0: reckless. Let's look at their record. The Wizards are 15-23. and 23. That is atrocious for this very, very, very bad what Eastern Conference. um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Um, all these stars heading over to the West and guys like John Wall getting hurt, guys like Kyrie being hurt, um, this is not good for the Eastern Conference. I'm not going to lie to you. This is not good. The East is in a really, really, really bad spot right now. Um, yeah, it'll be better when Porzingis comes back. But in terms of Wall, um. Let's see what his ETA is to come back. Click on the injury notification. He's out for he's
1: done for the season.
0: Done for the whole season?
1: Mm-hmm. Holy he's shit. He's done for the whole season. Holy shit. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, that definitely is a big it definitely isn't hurt them a lot, I think. The Wizards The Wizards can't play defense. That's their problem. They score top 10 in the league, but they're giving up 116.9 points in the league, which is also top 10 for most points given up. They're allowing uh, other teams to shoot 36.9% from three, which is also one of the worst clips in the league. It's the fifth worst clip in the league – or sixth worst clip in the league that they're giving up right now. So the Wizards got lots of things to figure out right now personally – Last year, they had a stretch where John Wall was out, and they had Beal running the show, and they played better. I think they might play a little bit better. I believe they're 2-0 and o without Wall in the lineup. Yeah, they are 2-0 two two right now without Wall in the lineup. Mm-hmm. I think they play at the Heat tomorrow night. So they got – or no, that game is on tonight. So they got got that. But, I mean, Marcus Morris is out the next six weeks with a neck inch issue. Mm-hmm. At this point, I think the Wizards are probably dead in the water at 15-23. and 23. They're pretty far back there. Um, I think the Wizards are just a dumpster fire. They really have to blow it up. I've seen teams yeah. get interested in trading for Otto Porter Jr., which I'm just like, why the hell would you ever want to trade for Otto Porter Jr.? That contract is stupid too. You know, oh You I mean, that money. contract is just it's so bad. So he's making twenty six point four million yeah, dollars a nah. year for the next four That's years. That's gonna be a no so for me. Years.
0: Dog. I'm gonna go ahead and have to put that one to the side.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The Wizards are in a bad spot. I think it's time that they – I mean, they have to pay all that money to John Wall, too. So, I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. think anybody wants these guys. They would want Beal, but Beal's the one I wouldn't want to give up out of all of them. So, I think at this point the Wizards have to do some serious reevaluating. If anything, if I were them, I would go ahead and shut it down, try to tank it out a little bit this year and add a little bit more talent to that roster because they're pretty much stuck with these guys, and I don't think anybody's going to want to trade for them. Is Scott Brooks done after this year? Yeah, he's absolutely out the door and fired. I mean, he's going to try to make a run with this team like this. I could see Scott Brooks getting fired here in the next like couple weeks. They are two and zero right now without Wall, so I mean that looks good for him at least to see that he's kind of motivating the players, you know, keeping the team motivated to win games. But at the same time, he did beat the Hawks and the Hornets, so yeah. not too much good stuff right there. It'll be, I think, in the next. Let's look at their. i I've got their schedule pulled up right here. So over their next five games, they play – they're at the Heat tonight. Then they also play Toronto – Um, or no, 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 no. that was – that was past. so they play at the Heat, at the Thunder, at Philadelphia. Then they play Philadelphia again on a back-to-back the following night. And then Milwaukee, I mean, I could see them out of there if they lost these next five games easily. And then they play Toronto after that. So, I mean, they got – it's the, the going's only going to get tougher before it gets easy. So, oh, oh, oh I mean, yeah, and especially it, really it hasn't
0: is. looked good so far. Like you said, they've been giving up points volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, and volumes. And, and, yeah, they're, the they're still scoring some points. Them. Yeah, oh, my God. Oh, my God, yes. Um, it would be one thing if, if, if you could tell there was a significant lack of talent compared to the rest of the Eastern Conference teams, mm-hmm. but there's not. And the product on the court. Looks very, very, very shitty. So, yeah, I, I I'm with you. I Scott Brooks w- will not be the head coach of the Washington Wizards next year. I'd be willing to bet money on that.
1: Yeah, I'd be willing to bet money that he's out pretty soon. Yeah, we need to figure out if the book's got odds of getting him out of there because I would definitely throw down a hefty mm-hmm. sum on that because he's pretty much as good as gone at this point. Me too. Um, I think another, I think another big storyline to kind of talk about here is. Just I don't know, just like the how tough the Western Conference is and the fact that night in and night out that these teams like the number one seed can literally change overnight. Like the Nuggets are twenty-five and eleven, then you got twenty-four and thirteen is Oklahoma City, twenty-five and fourteen Golden State, twenty-two and fifteen Houston. I mean twenty-two and sixteen Portland, twenty-one and sixteen Clippers. Twenty-two and seventeen San Antonio, twenty-one and seventeen Lakers. I mean, you, the Lakers really need LeBron back, man, because I mean they're struggling right now. But mm-hmm. I think the biggest difference maker so far in the Western Conference has been Paul George this season and the way he's been playing. Paul top three player pretty much in any kind of win share and defensive total you could want. Statistically he is too. I mean, do you think Paul George is the is the perfect combo for him in Westbrook? You think he's finally found his niche here in uh in Oklahoma City,
0: uh, yeah, especially with, with with a year of playing with him already, uh, the decision actually shocked the hell out of me that he was going to stay in OKC. I thought he was definitely gone to the I,
1: Lakers. I but um, I actually thought that was the best fit for him. I said all along, I felt like that it was kind of like a Harden and Paul type thing, where that Westbrook plays well with one other. And I mean, clearly those surgeries Paul George got have worked because he's thriving.
0: He is. Um,
1: Man, these last like six
0: months for him in terms of play have been really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, even the playoff series last year against the Jazz, he looked fucking unstoppable.
1: Um, really? He only had seven points, though, in the elimination game. Yeah, but fucking games
0: one through five, he was flirting with, I think, like 32 points a game. Like He put up 40 on us one time, 44 on us one time. Um, I definitely do like the fact that he is um, becoming more... Not of a facilitator, but he's come more facilitator friendly. Um, he's not forcing shots. He's playing great defense, getting swipes, um, and like I said, having another year to work with Russell and Billy Donovan. Not that Billy Donovan does so much for me in terms of his scheme and his and his strategy, but having that um, familiarity in terms of chemistry has really done him well in his second year.
1: I agree. I think that. The way him and Westbrook play, they play well together. They're currently number one and two in the league in steals and in deflections. So, I mean, they're a really good defensive backport backcourt. Also, Harden and Ball are uh, number four and five in steals. Just throwing that out there. So, Who's three? I mean, both their teams have really good uh, Rob Covington. Nice. All those players out in the Western Conference, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like that the way these guys are playing right now, that they play so well together. I mean, Westbrook will have nights where he's going to go two for 18 from the field, mm-hmm. but Paul George has been picking up the slack when Westbrook can't. And I think that's what's really taken him to the next level. Also, adding Dennis Schroeder has. I picked the. Th- I Schroeder, pick the Schroeder's played so well. Schroeder's played so well
0: in, in, so well in, in, in bench mm-hmm. minutes. Kudos to him for accepting a role like that and giving it his all. Uh, the change of scenery mm-hmm. from Atlanta definitely did Dennis Schroeder some really, really good
1: hmm that's what I'm saying it's definitely helped Schroeder get out of there and get with a good team I mean Schroeder's still a really young guy so he's got lots of basketball left where he can play really really well um another big thing too for me with all this in the Western Conference is Nikola Jokic and kind of his bust on the scene this season I mean last year he's a little undervalued but this year he's finally been getting the love that he deserves and I don't know man. I just feel like the way that Jokic's been playing that it could be an MVP type season. I just can't pick him like we talked about. I think we might have talked about this in the last one, but yeah, we he's did. only averaging 18.2 points per game. I just can't really nominate a guy like that for MVP that's only averaging that many, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's 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 call it, let's call it what he is. He's not really an MVP candidate. He's just a fucking awesome player. Um I like the fact that he passes the ball so proficiently. Um, he's probably the best passing big man that we have in in, in the league, even with Giannis. Jokic um, mm-hmm. will be throwing the ball fucking behind his head. He looks for a bulk assist every game. He looks to get shit involved from the high post. I really, really, really do love Jokic's game, and I've been saying this for since last year. Just even e- Even on a bad game, the way that he runs the high post is just so aesthetically pleasing. Especially when it yields results.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Mhm. All right. So, serious topic right here. This is a big one. I'd put it in my notes because I didn't want to forget it. I just pulled it up. Do you think Damian Lillard is being wasted in Portland?
0: Um, no. I don't. I think that they need a serious head coach. I, I, don't, I, I like Terry Stotts. He's an awesome guy. I don't think he's the kind of head coach that'll get him over the hump. Um, they'll have a great regular season record. Mm-hmm. But look at last year, like, they got bounced in the first round by an obviously way worse – swept in the first round, if I'm not mistaken, by an obviously worse New Orleans Pelicans team. Um, wasted is, isn't the word that I would use, but no, he's not being tapped to his full potential. They've had great regular seasons. They've had playoff runs. Um, runs, I use the word lightly. But, um, no, I wouldn't use the word <laughs> Very wasted. lightly. I wouldn't use the word wasted.
1: Um, I'm actually going to go the opposite of you on this one. I think Damian Lillard is absolutely being wasted right now in Portland. I mean, if you look at Damian Lillard's stats and the way that he's been playing, I mean, this guy in the clutch is unbelievable. He leads the league in, th- in a third, I believe in second, no, in, it's in fourth quarter scoring and second half scoring and in the third quarter, his number, he's like second in the league in third quarter points as well. So I mean, Damian Lillard gets better as the game goes on and in clutch situations too, I believe he's like top three in the league over the last five years in buzzer beaters. So Damian Lillard's one of the most clutch players. He's a, th- he's a knack for going off against the Warriors. He averages his second most points game against Golden State so that's even another big thing I really out and do whatever they have to do to bring him in but am the Lakers I'm giving up Hart Lonzo Ingram and even a first-round pick if I have to to go out and get Damian Lillard because pairing him and LeBron together would be unreal. That's the Warriors kryptonite and the best player on the planet going at it against them in a seven-game series. I mean, I feel like you've got a better player. You've got a better point guard. I think Damian Lillard's better than Kyrie. Kyrie's got the flashy handles and all, but Damian Lillard's that clutch-time score, and I really feel like that Damian Lillard and LeBron together could get the job done and bring L.A. a title, especially if they were able to add AD.
0: In my opinion, Kyrie uh, doesn't ask for the ball. That d- Ask for the ball is a weird way to put it. He, he He's not as ball dominant in terms of scoring as um, Dame is. I don't think Dame would ever join forces with LeBron. I think he likes being the underdog. Um, mm-hmm. But in response to your question, I would say that the Wizards are wasting John Wall. I wouldn't say that the Trailblazers are wasting Damian Little. They, they've done a decent enough job to surround him. With a decent coach and um, good players and, and players who don't take away from his shots, I wouldn't use the word wasted. No, no of course they're not tapping it to his full wow. potential. They won't as, as a small market. They can't. Just, that's just the way it is. But they're, there's, they're, just not, they're not wasting him. They're just not tapping his full potential.
1: I think I personally think that John Wallace regressed as a player. I really, really thought that he had high hopes after watching him in those Eastern Conference playoffs. But I mean, last year his numbers went way down from when he averaged. He had his best season two in that 2016-17 year where he averaged 23 points per game. Then he was back down to 19.4. Also his assists, he was averaging 10.7 down to 9.6. Then this year it's been eight point seven assist point game, twenty point seven points per game. I think that John Wall has become outdated in a three point shooting league, and he's just not that quite as good at shooting the three ball. Although he did shoot his best percentage from deep last year at thirty seven point one percent, as opposed to thirty five point one, which was his best before that. But um, I just feel like that John Wall has regressed as a player, and he just – I, I really thought John Wall was about to make that top 10 player jump, and I just feel like that he's just kind of stayed the same, if not got a little worse. I'm a huge fan
0: of uh, evaluating situations, not just players. Um, and and you're 100% right with everything that you say. But as a caveat, let me see John Wall play on a motivated maybe playoff team. Let let me mm-hmm. get him a change of scenery. Let me see John Wall have to actually try again, and to say that he doesn't try now is an insult to his craft. I know, but I'm being tongue in cheek and saying he doesn't have to try much anymore these days because he knows the state of the Wizards, and he knows even if he does make a playoff run, what's the point? So let's get him a change of scenery. Let's maybe get him out to LA to go work with LeBron. Let's maybe bring him to New York work with the Knicks. You know, like let's 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 give him a change of scenery. Let's get him motivated and. I can guarantee you those numbers will continue to go up instead of go down as regressed.
1: See, I would like to give him a change of scenery, but at the same time, if I'm a team, I really don't want John Wall. At this point in time, if I'm a team trying to build a team for the future to win, I want somebody who can shoot the three ball really, really well, and I just don't think John Wall can do it, especially at my point guard position. He can pass the ball and spread the floor. Like, for example, if I had two really good shooters, then I wouldn't mind having John Wall for his ball movement and everything he does defensively and all that stuff, but... I don't know. Plus, I wouldn't even say the Wizards were a team that aren't motivated. I mean, the Wizards still have a playoff-worthy roster. This year, I had them making the playoffs before the season started. But yeah, anyone closed, does in the East. Really felt like they could. Any team has a playoff-worthy mm-hmm. roster that in That was my East. thing. See, I kind of agreed with it, that. the fact that the Wizards were falling apart before the season started. I said they would trade one of Waller Beal, but I still said they would end up making the playoffs just because... I really feel like that Wall is that, you know. I mean, I just feel like yeah. they're too good with Wall and Beal in the Eastern Conference to miss the playoffs. I mean, you can't have two guys that are that good and not be winning. There's no excuses there. So that's really why I think the Wizards need to blow it up.
0: No, they definitely do. Yeah, they're, in a,
1: they're, 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 they're in a direction so just,
0: that just won't reap you any tangible results. And yeah, you may win a few games and become the sixth seed in the East, but that's not good enough in today's NBA. You have to have a direction. And with Scott Brooks, they have almost very little direction.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you there on that one. So I know we stick to specifically to NBA basketball here. This is kind of a little college basketball thing here, but it's about a prospect. So Bull Bull was ruled out for the season with a foot mm-hmm. injury. Would you take a risk on Bull Bull with a top five pick in the league after seeing this?
0: I don't. I I With, with a very, very, very few exceptions, I hate taking seven-footers. Um, I hate taking sc- – Skinny, tall, lanky guys. Maybe Giannis and Dirk are the two exceptions mm. that come to mind right now. But um those guys have just a long history of just getting hurt, not being able to stay on the floor, and even when they do, their careers aren't as long. I'll I'll just go with a guy who's six eight and can shoot. Bull bull can shoot, but I don't I don't go with I don't go with tall, lanky sticks that get hurt.
1: So, Bull Bull didn't really start playing basketball that early in his lifetime. So, I mean, I think he's still got a lot of developing to do. He was like, like, what,
0: 12 or 14 whenever he started playing?
1: He was almost a a teenager. Uh, No, 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 no. Or, no, he started playing at the age of four. But it was his dad who didn't didn't start. But when he was 14, he stood at 6'10". That's what it is. So, he was 6'10 when he was 14. But I really buy into the bull bull hype personally. I think he's one of those next generation type of players like an Anthony Davis kind of player. We see dominate. He has all those skills. I would take a chance on him. I think he's the ability to I really think that he's the ability to be the best out of all these guys. But at the same time, I'm still taking Zion and RJ Barrett over him just because of what I already know for sure that these other guys can become rather than him. But I really wanted to watch him grow more and more in college basketball. I feel like that would be a good place for him, but I really think he can be that like Joel Embiid type player. Because I mean, Embiid didn't start playing basketball until he was like twelve or thirteen. So, yeah. like I remember when Embiid sat out. Like I knew he was good at like playing big and when he was at Kansas, but I didn't realize that he could play like that. He had guard skills and stuff. Like when he came in the league, I saw him sh- dribbling, shooting threes, like chasing down, blocking LeBron. I was like. I was like, oh my gosh, like what happened to this guy? And then I read a little article and it was like talking about how the MB didn't start playing basketball until he's 13. So he just used that time to develop his skills and hone in on him. And I was like, geez, that's why he got so much better. Yep. So I – be opposed if I was a team to taking Bull Bull and stashing him for a year, especially on the Hawks, picking him him not play for a year. I mean, that only make the Hawks worse, which is even better. I mean, his draft stock's definitely going to fall down the board a good bit because of this injury. So, I mean, I would love to see him fall to us at the Mavs pick where we can get two players. But as of right now in the draft, I'm still going. Number one, I would take uh, Zion. Number two, RJ Barrett. Number three, I'm taking um, Cam Reddish. I was about to say Reddish. As the way um, everything stands right now. I,
0: I would probably still take Cam Reddish over Bull Bull, but... I I, I get to see the bowl bowl situation being like a, maybe a Eddie Tavares type thing, you know, like lots of height, tall, lanky guy can shoot, but then again, can't really find the court.
1: But at the same time, we never really saw Eddie Tavares do it. He was doing it in like those like per, in like those weird like little what's it called like those island leagues or mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about like the Caribbean like leagues, South American the- islands. He was doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Caribbean leagues. There we go. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word for it. Yeah, he was doing it in those leagues, not even, like, over in the Euro leagues. You know what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. why he was so much less hyped up. I mean, Bull Bull had that one game where he dropped 30 in college. So I was really upset, though, to see him go down. I like – Oregon's got a decent team. I thought they are going to be pretty good this year, and that's going to hurt him again. It's kind of kind of sucks for Oregon, man. Out of the last three years, four years, they've had stacked teams, and major injuries have kind of ended their season for them.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. What uh, else you got?
1: What uh, give me you, give me give me a topic this time.
0: Um, I know the All Star voting came out. I think either earlier today or later y- yesterday. I forget the days have been like running together for me. Um, mm. I th- I, th- I I think the all. Let me just say this. I think the All Star game is stupid in the NBA. I don't think it matters. Um, as a Jazz fan, I for one am happy that my guys aren't being voted in because I don't want my guys playing in a me- meaningless game for. A circus. Um, I think it's stupid that Vince Carter is being voted on. I think it's stupid that DeMarcus Cousins is being voted on. I think it's stupid that Gordon Hayward is in the All Star game at this moment. I I I think it's a stupid spectacle. I knew you'd hate that one. Even even more even more <clears throat> even more so I guess than the NFL. I like the Pro Bowl more than I like the All Star game in the NBA because at least the Pro Bowl has what. Like, funny little games, and, like, like did you see what they did last year? Like, they dropped a football from a drone that was, like, 100 foot in the air. The NBA All-Star Game, outside of the dunk contest and a and, and three-point contest, I wouldn't even watch it.
1: I hate that game. Wow. I... The Pro Bowl. I honestly can say in the last five years, I've maybe watched, watched... – an hour of all those Pro Bowls combined. I can well, honestly say that. Well, because they, that. Make I've them, never they, watched.
0: they make them at fucking 1 o'clock in the daytime, which is stupid. They, they, the NBA gets a, has a good idea and makes their shit at like 8 o'clock at night.
1: Yeah, that is true too, but... Going back to what you said with these, with the way the voting's going, yeah, I'm pretty pissed off to see guys like Dwayne Wade being second in guard voting. I mean, don't get me wrong, Dwayne Wade's had a great career, but Dwayne Wade doesn't deserve to take a guy's spot that deserves to be on this team. You know what I mean? Like, like it means more to a guy like Victor Oladipo to make the all-star team, or a guy like Zach Levine than a guy like Dwayne Wade. You know what I mean? He's already been there. I just, I hate that. And like you said, seeing Vince Carter being seventh among front court and players. And I feel the, the same Eastern way. Voting, Vince Carter
0: like, definitely deserves it. He's had a great career. He's definitely probably been underrated for what he's done
1: mm-hmm. but
0: do it the right way and, and vote him in on the, on the last day of voting you know I like don't 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 let him take Zach Levine's spot because Zach Levine may not play like this again in his career you know like let him get the the, the recognition mm-hmm. now while he deserves it instead of five years down down the line with a tribute video you know like I just I just think the all-star voting even in baseball is stupid I think all-star games in general are just pretty stupid
1: I mean, All-Star games are for the fans. They're going to have fun. I think the NBA All-Star game is more fun just because basketball is a lot more flashy sport. So it's kind of fun to watch them go at it. I honestly love watching the Rising Stars game. I know a lot of people aren't big fans of the Rising Stars game, but I just think the Rising Stars game is fun to watch just because – You get to watch these guys who really haven't made a name for themselves yet in the league. Guys like me and you obviously know about them and know who they are, but they really haven't made a name for themselves in the league, so it gives them a chance. Like watching Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kyrie go at it, that one year is fun. I just think it's fun to watch the guys go at it with each other like that. So I really like the Rising Stars game, but I mean, the All-Star game too, I enjoy watching. I just like watching all the moves and everything that everybody does. I think it's more about, to me, it's all about the show and watching these players Bust these moves. You know, sometimes it's fun to watch at the end. Like, I thought last year's game was really fun to watch when his Team LeBron versus Team Curry. So, I thought that made it f- made it a lot more fun, too. What I, what
0: I did like Another was two years there, ago, whenever um, KD and Russell Westbrook made up, and all the, uh, like, whenever they, uh, mm-hmm. KD caught the alley-oop from Russell, and, like, all the guys, like, made him hug, and there was, like, a big group hug on the Western Conference sideline. <laughs> that was honestly pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, that I did, was I hilarious. Like that. I did
1: like that. Like, yeah, like, that like was, they just hazed him yeah, into, into I making up. that. Yeah, it was hilarious. they had no choice. It was like, no, all literally. right, guys, let's like each other again. Now, Kith. I will say two other things. Yeah, Kiss. I will say two <laughs> other things about the voting right now for the All-Star game is Derek Rose has a lot of votes. I'm actually not that mad that he's the second most voted guard. He's earned it. He's earned I, it of any player in any all-star game that's ever deserved to not make an all-star team. I would say Dar- I would that I would be fine with it be Derek Rose here. Because Derek Rose literally went from being the like I said yesterday on my podcast from being the best player in the league to barely even being able to be in it and even questioning if he should even be in the league anymore. And the fact that he's averaging 18 points per game and 4.8 assists now, and just like the way he's been playing lately, I feel like it's just a good feel good story to see D Rose back in the league, back in there as well. I'm also going to say, I'm not surprised to see Luka Doncic getting all these votes. I don't think he deserves to be in the all-star game, but the traction that he has overseas to all this stuff, I'm not surprised at all that they're trying to vote their boy in there.
0: Me neither. And Mavericks uh, have a, have a very loyal social media following, on Reddit and on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So um, their guys are going to spam the button. Uh, Warriors yeah, fans, I mean, there's so many Warriors fans online. So of course they're going to spam the button. You know, like
1: yeah, I mean, there's so many teams that. Better fan bases on that because the people who actually follow them, like for example, me at the Hawks, are like are true fans, you know what I mean? Rather than the people who follow the Lakers or the Warriors and stuff like that, there's so many bandwagons who are just like, oh, I'm a Lakers fan, you know what I mean? But actually, in real reality, don't know shit about basketball. Yeah. So, there's it's that all it also goes both ways with that, too. 100%.
0: Um,
1: anything else you want to talk about?
0: Um, are you done on topics? Because I'll give I'll give some um, some trends in the schedule and stuff like that before we go.
1: Yeah, I'm am done with topics.
0: All right. Um, some hot teams in the last ten games, which equates to about two weeks since we've been on. Milwaukee Bucks are eight and eight and two in their last ten. Pacers are the same Best eight and two. Beast. Yep. Um, the Heat are seven and three in their last ten, which is hot. The Nets, now that Jared Allen's back, seven and three in their last ten. Um. Move over to the West, Denver Nuggets, best record in the West, eight and two in their last ten. OKC quietly coming back up on the second seed, seven and three in their last ten. Your, your Houston Rockets, nine and one in their last ten, best record in the last ten games. Um, Trailblazers, seven and three in their last ten. Spurs, seven and three in their last ten. When we all thought Pop was done, we thought the Spurs were dead in the water. They're not, of course they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that. We have we have we have some pretty abysmal records. Knicks one and nine in the last ten. Cavs one and
1: nine in the last ten. Um let me just say this that pisses me off about these teams in the last ten games. Why the hell are the Hawks five and five in their last ten games? That just pisses me off right there to see what are we doing, Atlanta? Why what's the point of winning any of these games? If we don't get Zion or RJ Bear? this entire team, this entire season is just was waste. wasted away. was a waste it's a waste. I mean I mean, like you said earlier, you can still find value with these other guys later on in the draft, but I don't want to find value with these guys later on in the draft. Screw that. I want want Zion or R.J. Barrett. I don't want any of these other guys. Like, it's I'm gonna be pissed off if the Hawks, if the Hawks keep winning games. We need to lose every single game for the rest of the season. We do not need to win more than the Suns had 19 wins. We need to shoot for 17 wins for the rest of the season. We need to just be absolutely awful. If the Hawks lost 30 games in a row, I would be ha- I would be so happy if we had a 30 game losing streak. Well, you, uh, you know what they say about being pissed pissed off, right? What better better than being pissed on? <laughs> Yeah, I guess that is true. I mean, it just makes no sense to me, man. Like, no, what wait, are we that, doing? But at, le- but at least the Hawks' schedule gets a little bit tougher. I mean, we're at Milwaukee, then we play the Heat at Toronto, at Brooklyn, at Philadelphia versus Milwaukee versus Oklahoma City versus Boston versus Orlando. Oh, that, oh, like a oh, oh, that, oh that's
0: up. a 1-7, 2-8 type type stretch right there. I hope it's an 0-10 type
1: <laughs> stretch right there, so <laughs> – Shoot. I hope it, I honestly if the Hawks didn't win a game for the rest of the season I would be so happy. You know like my I was so mad earlier in the week because the Falcons won and the Hawks won. I'm just like Atlanta, we don't even we can't, can't win and right. we don't even know how to lose either. Like we can't we can't figure we can't do anything right. Like we can't suck right and we can't be good right. It just doesn't work out. You know what I mean? It just it's really starting to get to me man being an Atlanta fan. I need something to go our way. I need the Braves man. I need something to go my way here soon.
0: This is why I outsource for NBA basketball. I'll cheer for the Falcons and the Braves, but I can't get I can't get on the Hawks.
1: See, that's why you just got to have a favorite player that doesn't play for your hometown team, and then you just follow them. You know what I mean? Like when the Hawks suck. But I'm not going to lie. I follow the Hawks closely no matter what, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, Hawks. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to yeah. hear about the Hawks. They want to hear about the Rockets. They want to hear about all these other teams. Harden's my favorite player, so I don't really have a problem with it. And Lillard's my next favorite player, so I typically stick with the Rockets and Blazers, so –
0: yeah, Gordon Hayward was mine, but then he broke my goddamn heart.
1: Yeah, I'd be pretty hurt about that one, too. All right, Penlin. let's plug ourselves and get out of here. Let's do it. All right, guys, follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP3. Listen to my podcast, Hot Takes with TP3. Lots of good stuff coming for y'all, me and Cohen. Running it all down, we'll have another new episode out Sunday, or Sunday night, early Monday, about NFL playoffs, college football national championship coming up on Monday. Lots of good stuff, so... Check me out on there, Cohen. Let the people know where to find you and get us out of here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Cohen Hughes, as you heard many times
0: before. Um, Cohen underscore Hughes on Instagram, search. Cohen Hughes on Facebook. I don't do Twitter. People on Twitter are dumb, including Thomas Penland. Um, I am the host of the Daily Degenerate podcast, which is a betting and comedy, sports, whatever else you want to call it, podcast i host that with maddie goldberg we are very funny after you get done listening to hot takes with tp3 give us a listen subscribe do all that um this has been our fifth episode we hope you enjoy we're getting better and better every week um we will have one on next friday we can't skip any more weeks me and Tom thomas are locking that shit down um mm-hmm. other than that i hope you enjoyed the fifth, fifth episode and god bless and stay up
1: stay up them